Hi, my name is Clarence Peters. I'm a filmmaker, and you're watching Alte Daily. My mom raised me in the arts. I'm an arts. I started. Uh, I started working unofficially when I was seven, eight. Because I mean, it's way around officially. Uh, I mean, officially, I started working when I was 12, 13, right about there. Yeah. Um, and when I say officially, I mean when you start getting paid. I mean, obviously, you get paid, your mom collect the money. But yeah, I started working officially as an actor. Mm. Right. Um, then I've pretty much done everything. So, PA, runner, gaffer, stand gaffer. Mm. Spark, Grip, Art Designer, Post Production Supervisor, Sound Engineer, Location Sound. Me and Suspect are producing together. Right, so, from, from sound. So, I literally moved from real to real, to A that, to B that, then to Atari, mm. to Cakewalk. Mm. Cakewalk is where I stopped and let Suspect to just die. Suspect to be from the but I used to be, Cakewalk was where I. Uh, in terms of just the use of the tech, but not in terms of the, the just because mixing and all, engineering is still the same thing. I mean, once you go around the basics of the tech, it's how it sounds. Mm -hmm. You just if you know how it sounds, then you know how it sounds, right? Whichever way the tech you use the tech to get there, right? Um, so I was going around that a lot, and I watched. I've seen a lot of um, generations. And the ones I haven't seen, it's like if it happened ten years ago, we are um, around the conversations on how what happened then. So it still almost feels like you were there. Um, like I could always break down. I break down the Nigerian music industry into one, two, three parts. Right. High life being the, the first part that I would, I would start with, yeah. right? Um, then defragment into Juju and um, and Fuji, which all will have you. I mean, Apala is on the way there and all that, but mm -hmm. let's just see this as which also now had its Alte cousin, which would be pop, which now moved into rap. And we moved on, and by the time June 12 was over, everything just <laughs> down. And consolidated because of the new generation that was coming up. Uh, but if if you go back, if you look at High Life, then Fuji and Juju had a um, hate relationship, which a lot of people don't know, because Juju is the sound of Juju is for the aristocratic market, hence why. It almost feel felt like they are very stuck up. They are very musical. Like my father would describe it like to run a do juju fully. You need to have your full band or something. Right? It's the reason why Fela also still had respect for Sonia and all this stuff because as musicians, right, they call Ebenezer Bay the commander. 
because he can command the guitar. <laughs> it's not literally yeah. with with that box. Right, that's that's the man. We had musicians that could compete with anyone anywhere else in the world. Leave the skill, the writing, and all that. Right, my father scored an entire film by himself. No other musician, drums, da da da, himself. Okay. <laughs> I think in just a couple of engineers, a couple of musicians, but by himself. Yeah. All right. That was what that era was built on, and that era was built on just how good you are. You owned your own backline. You could die if you went to go and try to jack someone else's style. Jazz will suffer, and that's it. Or mm-hmm. your 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 instruments will bomb. Something just happened to you. That's <laughs> you, you know. All right. So individuality was very, very important in the eighties. All right. Um, so, so much so that even when the pop art artists started to come, come in, that mindset was still kind of there. Fuji music is broken down into two, from what I understand. So you might say I'm wrong. Into two eras. It's classical and it's legacy. You know, classical is usually where it is where you find all the Colintians, Barista, and all this. The middle and top, uh, upper class could say they were listening to Fuji music, uh, music and didn't feel ashamed of it. Before that time, it was Juju music. But my father kind of caused the problem because it's an unspoken rule. Juju, stay with your chords, stay with your mellow precautions. Yeah. All right. I leave Fuji to work with it. Mostly on their percussion and their way and, you know, and all that. And then, but like when I had conversation with him, he said, "Look, so when he, he was really down and he needed needed something, he wanted to create a sound that was really just him because he was tired of all the problems from everyone, Shinadwali and everybody else. I wanted to create his own sound. So he said he was he went on the fella for one year, and mostly he got from fella was." You can't streamline your music because of language. You need to throw a little English and pigeon in there so that it can get mass of it. So he took that. And then he went to, he didn't need to go to Juju's music because he, that, that's his comfort zone. But he went to the Fuji environment and found out that really what everybody was moving to with percussion. So he was like, all right, fine, I'll take that percussion style. Then he said he went to the clubs. And found out the electric drums. Alright. And that well they talked. Right. Mm-hmm. So when he was going to do his after he fused all the elements together. But that's crossing the line because that now crossed that this is unspoken treaty that Fuji and Fuji had. Yeah. And you could listen to one artist. Instead of, I have not decided, okay, if I wanted to listen to percussions, I listen to Fuji music. I wanted to listen to chords, I listen to Juju music. One artist has a fusion of everything. All right. That caused a little fracas from what I'm, what I was told. All right. Every four years, a new generation is ushered in. It used to be every eight to 10 years. But with us now, it's become four and it's shrinking down to two. Yeah. So, um, the because if you look at it, if you look at the plantation boys, uh, 
slash tribesmen slash all that entire generation yeah. you're looking at about 98 99 but really started happening from the 2000s mm-hmm. so you're looking at that first four years that solidified the champions that would move to the next four years yeah which that next four years will probably be with Mbanki yeah. um and more hits uh, so Just the more hits is yes well the more hits is, is you'd count that but each four years has an education it's almost like this is how this industry has been able to last there's a bat, passing of the baton all right yeah. the kids that would be the new school always tend to already be the leaders of the new school always tend to be the ones who have been somewhat cooked by their pretty the, the, the generation before them so when they come into it they tend to understand the space a lot more than all the other guys that come after them all right and then also now find a way to also now pass the battle which is my fear with where the music industry is now which as far as i'm concerned everything's about to die everything's about to die all right but they would have that we'll have that conversation so rap hip-hop changed everything and hip-hop had a lot of incentive to change a lot of things the the nation had completely failed young people right if you if you remember the military era if you remember june 12 as a june 12 everything had collapsed a lot of people don't remember that that time it was really there was you had your actors who had stage experience were tv experiences couldn't get gigs couldn't feed so every first keeps forgetting that Nollywood came to save a lot of people who could make the transition right he came to save and there's a thing that's always ha- has happened since the the, the fall of, of, of um, our industry our, our country has been it's either music is the ones thriving or film is the one thriving so as at the time that Nollywood was was moving on hip-hop being able to thrive with the fact that our economy was down a lot of young people didn't know what they were going to do with themselves a lot of young people wanted to get out of the country all right and that entire influence of just what hip-hop was the language for young people it was how we could express ourselves uh because all the things that the all the genres before hip-hop or us couldn't say is what hip-hop was saying it was very technically it's like our own hippie yeah. <laughs> hippie uh, hippies are right? and and there had been no one to it just been this very on the ground vibe that it was just for it was just young people knew about it and no one else said uncle kenny and one mm. now that 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 was that was everything yeah. right? they literally started what you now know as afrobeats they did because they had radio and they had tv mm. right and they had the packaging that they could use to put together so it was a force and without that kind of coercion uh that kind of um uh uniformity just from all angles you can't create a movement mm. 
it'll just be on the ground and just stuff that people speak, just they'll talk about. It's pretty much like what you guys are doing. So there's a yeah. place for and radio, and there's a place for TV, there's a place for shows and all that. And they also had the gigs. They also had, I think it was like some spicy other. So it was, they had all that and they were the one stop in that place. And they were very, very passionate about being able to move Nigerian music forward. Understanding that hip hop was the language that they also understood because they've been in America for a long time. So they understood just what hip hop meant and how to sell hip hop to young people because the market was already there. It's just, it wasn't taken advantage of. Mm because people didn't have that kind of machinery behind them. And they, they did. So they undoubtedly are the godfathers and they never, they don't really get, they never get credit for that. It's always, yeah, we know Kenny, we know that they're people, but yeah. just the impact of that, what you have today. So if we say, let's say we really draw the line, it might be actually before, let's say we start from 98 till now, this is 22 years. So now, it's all right. They in twenty-two years built an entire industry that is making the government actually starts to say the creative industry, creative industry, yeah. are built up alcohol, back of that, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I mean, then from then on, everything spun up, and that's where your four four years, because the first, as far as I'm concerned, from that period, it took the, took eight years first before we now start breaking down to four four years. So yeah. every period, then it, it keeps keeps reducing um, so there are a lot of people who play their part into this entire journey and I know that there's no money to offer them but at least for their children to be able to say oh my dad actually did or my mom actually was part of something yeah that's what's being robbed off right now. So you ask yourself, if I can't have at least that, then why be creative? Why try to, why don't I just go focus straight on the money? Because that's that's the least that I can get. Because of the, when you get into your mid-30s, late-30s, and you, the family now becomes the consumer that you're really having, yeah. Because even if you have kids when you're in your 20s, it doesn't really hit you until you get to your 30s. Because you start asking yourself, so what have I done with my life? And regret is a tendency of regret. And if you can't hold on to anything, you become disgruntled. You can't hold on to anything. And that's my fear for my generation. It's already happening to a handful of more. It's the mid generation which would be you guys, if you're within that set, or since you're within that set. But even worse is this new generation, these kids. But in our time, there's nobody to really tell us that we could listen to, that we could understand. Because we was like, we spoke different, different languages. And, but now, no one's really telling them, you see, because you're having all this conversation, we're having all this conversation about Oh, we need to be able to get those rights for this. We need to be able to do this and put that put that together. Problem is that we're going about it all wrong. We're making the same mistakes our predecessors made. So it's like history repeating itself. And I really, really had hope. I really, really, I sacrificed my life 
into trying to make sure that this what's happening right now doesn't happen again. When I say I sacrifice my life, literally it did. Right? Uh, because it, it, it works for everyone. Right? But it's I'm getting really defeated really quickly. Um, because after all is said and done, we still haven't put up any structures. We've put up the illusion of structures, but we don't have any structures. The physical manifestation is the testament to the fact that this is where you go to, and this is, and it's how it's been taken care of. So when you hear people setting up the academy and all these other things, and you think, oh, it's just a non-profit that is also wants to just collect money because we're just because all we want collecting money, and we can't think beyond the fact that the preservation of the continuity is what all this is about. And why does that matter? Well, if you really want to eat, you want continuity, you want some stability within your your industry. And we have no continuity and no stability. We don't. And that's the reason why all these international deals and all this international influence that is coming in is going to inevitably kill. Nigerian music industry. So back to your earlier point when you were saying that music is... Because this is what happened to SA. Mm. This is mm. exactly what they did to South Africa. Exactly. It's exactly the same thing. So would you not suggest for artists that's maybe potentially getting enough of a distribution or something, would you not suggest? Ah, see. I'm sorry, but the Western world only understand one language. <laughs> it's the only thing they understand. The more you you raise to them and you still have a market share, the better the deal they will give you. So I don't want if you if I can't figure out how to run my publishing from here and you expect the white a white person to fix that, we expect them to fix things for us. We have to be the exact exception to yeah. every other industry. We can't expect them to fix. They didn't build. This is one thing that we didn't bring them expatriates here to help us try to build the foundation and we ran it down. Yeah. We built this from scratch, which is why when I woke up to the fact that look, this thing is all right. There's this whole the Nigerian market the way it's been and this all um, on the hotel market and they're not seeing eye to eye because there's a lot of these people are stuck up and these people mm. are just stuck in their ways and all that. It's like, are you all mad? Okay, so you've come from where you are, you have all these ideas. And yes, I get that when you landed, you weren't accepted. I get that. I get that's where the grievance comes from. I get that if you landed and there was open, open arms, but it's also the other side you say, well, we two were struggling for ourselves when you guys came. Well, how do we know you're really legit? Because what people don't now realize is before the generation in the past 10 years came, there had been a generation who had been coming and usurping a lot of work from us, who would come and go to the corporates and be like, speak all the big English and all mm -hmm. the, this thing, and bring out a lot of um, um, spreadsheets and stats and all that, and tell you how the people that are doing it here are weird. And true, let's be honest, at the time we worship, but we're a growing market. 
it was a growing market. We had no support from anyone. So if you come, it's very easy to say, well, you have to make your own bones. I, I made my own bones, so you're coming. Because yeah. you flew down doesn't mean that you're going to get an exception. It's an exception from me. And that, and that made everyone that's guys that are coming back like, oh, okay, well, you guys too. All right, and then we've gone and we've also done our own thing now. So how about that? But what you don't understand is that a lot of resources, because for the old generation to survive, they had to acquire assets. You had to use money that would have gone to your pocket to feed in your families to put back into the business. Do you know how quick, how easy it would have been for this new movement if it piggybacked off what had already been? It would be a lot quicker. <laughs> yeah. And for young people, it's uh, uh, there's a there's a uh, the science supports the fact that you are most creative from once you're 19 to when you're 25. Yeah. Wow. That's that's the from that point on is a decline. Wow. And it's 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 a it's a fact. However, what you lack in age, the strength and agility and all that. You, what you like it being when uh, when you're when you're older because you don't have all all that you make up for in perspective. The older you get, the clearer your perspective becomes. That's hence where they say experience. Yeah. Experience is perspective, and the, the race is not for the person that knows how how to do the thing. It's for the person that knows why the thing is being done in the first place. Those are the that actually make generational money, mm-hmm. that whole industries together. People that understand, you CEOs don't know jack about, oh, this tech is how, oh, I hired you to do all of you to do that But once you guys have all the numbers, I can look at it and be like, well, see, 20 years ago when I was doing this thing, history repeats itself. And I know a couple of people that I'm going to speak to, to make these things happen. Just let me know what the stats are. Speak it to me in plain English because yeah. <laughs> I don't understand the whole jargon of what, <laughs> what you're saying. There's a scene in a, a, a movie called um, Margin Call uh, where the, the CEO, the, the, the company was about to go, go on. So they finally got the CEO. And the CEO told the guy that had the stats on the tuna stuff. So said, say it to me like I was a toddler because I didn't get It's not brains that put me in the seat. <laughs> seat, seat. Right? So that we now have a division again where a lot of the younger younger cats who have a lot of creativity who understand the tech for the first time in nigeria's creative history you have 19 year olds that can speak tech tech language and 20 38 year olds that can understand they may not be able to do it but they can understand (laughs) <laughs> what you're saying mm-hmm. before that 19 years and 38 years old spoke two completely different languages you understand what you're talking about right for the first time I was not taking advantage of it so because of that division that we have amongst ourselves again right and I'm not saying get understand this I'm not saying that it's not good that we have all this international attention but it's what I've been complaining about I think the first time I put the quote was 
in Nighthouse's finest. At the end of the video, I put something I said, international doesn't define us, we define international. We define what's international. If you are a creative person, you don't need the West to tell you this sound is good. Or that these pictures work. Does it evoke the emotion? It's because it's a, art is a universal language, right? Yeah. I can feel it, right? It says exactly what I want to say. Then it's international. I don't need some f***er coming to tell me about how I should shoot over in the market. Mm -hmm. What the f*** do you know about the market? Yeah, you've seen a couple of pictures and you put your camera there. When I'm explaining to you what the bookshop there and the history and the significance of that, you don't know that. So it's just the same way I can go to New York and I can't. Yeah, I've seen a lot of movies about New York, but that's all I know. I don't know what Madison's book. So that actually means to the people yeah. of New York. Yeah, I mean, know about that. Mm -hmm. But that's what we're supposed to that's what we're selling. That's what we started selling. But you see, the problem is from the very from the get-go, we all wanted to win the Grammys. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's songs that test us. It's nice, it says, don't doubt me, I could bring home Grammy, Grammy. Um, skills, made into the Grammy, one man I mean, it's, it's always been the that had always been. The benchmark for us. Yeah. as far as I'm concerned, didn't win the Grammys because of a lot of factors, but primarily because we all want to play their game. Yeah. Like I said, the only language you understand is everybody shouting for left, 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 left. I don't give a f about America. about. About Grammys or any of these things in the first place, mm -hmm. but America, he's the holy grail. And the guy give for you guys is the person that you guys are holding. Who go for your shows? Apparently, this conversation about the fact that the fella was supposed to do an album. I don't know how true this is with Quincy Jones. And he said, "Well, if I can't carry bring on my wives and my entire band, then they're like, well, it's going to be too too much. And fuck, I'm not coming. 